Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, this is a beautiful morning. Though the sun may not be shining over our spot, the sun is up because you brought it up this morning. Gracious Father, we look outside this day and we've never seen this day before. And if we're blessed, you'll let us see this night. And then you'll let us see another morning and another night and another morning and another night. But Lord, we're just concerned about this day. Thank you for good roommates. Thank you for even the ones that snored. Thank you for allowing us to have enough hot water to go around the room. Thank you for the one who stayed in the shower a little too long and washed their hair longer than we thought they should have washed it. But Lord, we just thank you for them anyhow. Thank you, Lord, for having enough food. But mostly, Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your bread. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Are you thankful? Are you really, really thankful? I mean, this is a quiet group. I said that last night. I just figured y'all would wake up with, Phew. You know, maybe the Wesley Foundation are the really highly spiritual individuals. Is that what it is? Y'all aren't the party group? Oh, no parties here? No parties? Just praise parties? Y'all still party? I mean, talk to me. I'm trying to get a feel. No parties? Just movies? Lots of parties. What school are you from? Texas A&M says as Christians we still have a lot of parties. Amen? And they eat food, so you're really Methodist. Amen? Amen. Got enough food, got enough party, got enough praise. How was your night? That good, huh? The gentleman in the blue, is there anything you need to share with the group? <laughs> Confession is good for your soul. He won't tell on you, I promise, you know. We'll, we'll kind of take it to the side. We'll just keep it down, keep it down. How many seniors do we have? How many are graduating in May? I just need the ones that are graduating May 2005. Woo! Amen. Could the May 2005 people, I need you to sit right here on the front row. Come on down. Give her a hand, clap boy. I, I don't know the pop and circumstance music, but these are the ones that are coming out. Come on down. Give her a high five, Just enough seats for the ones that are graduating. So tell me who you are and where forth you'll be going. Kirk tries. And you're from? Buna. Buna? And we'll probably go work for the state controller's office as an accountant. Did you hear? We have an accountant in the house. Hey. <laughs> he can handle the money. Wesley Foundations will have a person in the state capitol handling money. Hey. Hi. I'm Liz. I'm from Texas. Tee, Texas in the house? <laughs> And currently I'm praying about what I'm about to do next after. She's looking for guidance and direction. 
Even at the road of the end of the transition phase, we need guidance and direction. Amen? I'm Lacey. I'm from Missouri City, and I'm going into the Navy. I don't know the I don't know the Navy music, but I thought that was cool today. We had someone that says, I'm going to be part of the song of the pub, I'm going in the Navy and I'm floating across the water, right? Have mercy. <laughs> I'm Sarah, I'm from Grand Prairie, Texas. And I guess be a financial planner, hopefully. Get a job. Financial <laughs> planner. Get a job. Whoa. Novel idea. After four years of collegiate education, we're going to get a job. Yes. I'm from I'm Cookie, and I'm from Bay City, and um, I'm going to stay around the next year and get my teacher certificate. She's going to hang out one more year. She loves you guys so much. She just says, I just need to stay one more year as a fourth student. No money. No. Tell the truth, you just didn't want to pay that student loan just yet. No, yeah, I think my parents pay for it, so. <laughs> <laughs> Got a mom and dad that's paying for it all. And your address is, do they have any other children they'd like to support? Amen? <laughs> the, uh, she has a brother. That second set of money is already taken care of. Don't write her yes. parents. I'll go to TCU, so. Going to TCU, already covered. Sorry. No more donors. They don't, they're not taking that on. Hi, my name is Matt, and I am right now off of Lake City, but I'm waiting in the mail what I hope will be an acceptance letter to the Dallas Theological Seminary. DPS, hey! <laughs> A future preacher? <laughs> Scholar and theologian? <laughs> and you're not going to Perkins? Let me get my hat out. <laughs> Let me do a little recruiting on the side. No, no. Yeah. We'll wait and pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm from Crockett, Texas, and I'm going to be a union organizer. A union organizer from Crockett, Texas. And when do you start work? May 15th. You already have a job? Tell us who you're going to work for. Organization called the ASL-CIO. ASL-CIO, she's already employed and they're ready to start taking taxes out of your payroll right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come a little closer because I don't know if think this is going to go further. My name is Paul James. I'm from Colleen, Texas, and I'm waiting on my application for a DPS. We had one waiting on the application and one waiting on the decision right here on the same road. Let me call Perkins right now. I can get another application in the mail, too. You know, Dallas is Dallas, you know. You sure you want to go to DPS? Oh, yeah. These committed people to DTS and Southern Methodist University is literally around the corner. No prejudice, no prejudice. God bless you anyhow. Amen. He's waiting on an application. So you're waiting on a response. Excuse me, we have two in the waiting zone for DTS. Come close. I'm Christina. I'm from Galveston and I'm going to be a nurse, but I'm still waiting for responses to applications that have been out. Oh, we've got a third waiter, two for preaching and one for nursing. They're kind of all in the same care of that, but, you know, love the Lord, bless them. And are you afraid of blood? Not at all. She's not afraid of blood. You might can do well in this career. <laughs> Amen. Well, we go for blood in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We can't be afraid of the blood either, but, you know, we don't do the needles. 
My name's Kalina, and I am staying in Naxos. Come close. I don't bite. I'm staying in Naxos, and I find out if I have a job on Monday at State Farm. State Farm, the insurance company. Amen? What kind of job are you looking for? Anyone that will pay? Is that the one? Claims, management, sales, sales. You're looking for an insurance policy? She can handle it. But, you know, those college students, they're still trying to keep insured just on the edge of their teeth. If they're still 22, registered in school, they can still be under their parents' thing. You know that rule. Average age of you seniors? 22? 21? 21? We have a 30-year good heart. Hand clap of praise. I mean, that's just like, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. It's all good. Everybody doesn't make the decisions at the same time. This is her second degree, okay? And it's all good. Professional students are real. I mean, yeah. But sooner or later, they do come from the loan department looking for you. They add all of those up. And then someone calls you on the phone and says, Hi, this is so-and-so, and I'm from the Stafford Loan Company, and I'd like to know if you want to refinance that student loan. We can get it down to a really low percentage. How about two and a half percent? Would that work for you? You just need us to send this at 1-800-555-7722. I got one of those calls, so I'm kind of familiar with that. Freshmen, do we have any that are brand new in college? This is your second semester. This is the first time. Can y'all clear this space out? I need the freshmen to come on down. Freshmen. Woo! All of these new people. If there's not room on the first row, move to the second row. Freshmen, freshmen. This is the class of what? Y'all will graduate if, if the Lord says so in 2000. No, 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 freshmen. Come on, get close, get close. Sit on the stage, sit on the chair over there. These are the freshmen. This is class of 2008. Three years? He says he's coming out in 07. All right. Maybe. If the Lord says so. So we're going to talk about your plans and God's plans today. So that's why I'm doing this. Tell me who you are. Jacob Cook. I'm from Lamar. Jacob Cook from Lamar. What's your major? History. History. You... you you got it going on. 207. Tell me who you are and what's your major? Jody Singer in education. Sally Merson, I don't know. Undecided. Oh, it's all right to be undecided at this point, but it happens to all of us. Susan Brown, education. Education. Business finance. Still? Civil engineering, I thought she was saying still deciding. Civil engineering. She obviously is getting ready to take that course with that professor we talked about last night. It's okay. Just change early so you don't have to repeat too much. English. All right. Y'all got to come close. Shane Potter, chemical engineering. Chemical engineering. My goodness. 
Cosmetology, okay? You you have that real, I mean, you just got that computer science look. I, I feel it, I feel it. Doug Smith, general business. General business. T.C. Gregory in psychology. Okay. My mind really needs to be evaluated. It's okay. Brian Thompson, forensic chemistry. Chemistry. Senior, I need you to take about two minutes and think of something that you can share with the class of 2008 that would help them either stay in the major, make up their mind, don't kill their roommate, love the Lord, just give them a little something. Okay? You got two minutes. Make it quick. And anybody that wants to give them a word, you can run up and help them. Freshmen, what is it that you want to know about this transition? from high school to college now. You've made it. You've jumped over the bridge. You're here. It's like, you know, you're in the second semester. What's really confusing for you? They're not confused. The freshmen say, we've got it going on. We know it all. And it's a fog. Was it the breakfast? No Cheerios? What, what were you missing this morning? She's always confused. It's good to know. Yeah. My, my mother and my grandparents are getting smarter every day. Isn't that something? He says his mother and his grandparents are getting smarter every day. You're starting to get that revelation that you don't know as much as you thought you knew when you went into school and therefore, and who is that teacher that's trying to get you to do all those things But in, in 12 weeks? I mean, who are they? Is that, is that what it is? That kind of summarizes it? Okay, seniors. What's the advice? What's the big to-do? Come on. I know you've got something. Y'all are going out the door, and they just came in the door. So obviously there's something about these transitions we're going to talk about. But I know you have something for them. Come on. Just one good nugget. Accountability. <laughs> Accountability. Did you hear that, freshman? Do you know what that word? Can someone? Did you feel it? Accountability. Okay. Go to class. Go to class. <laughs> If you don't like morning classes, go register for the 2 o'clock class. But if it's shut down, you really need to get up for the 8 o'clock class. And if you haven't figured it out, all your prerequisites, freshman and sophomore, some of the classes are just offered at that God-oddly hour, 8 to 9.30, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or 8 to 9, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 8 to 9, 30, Tuesday and Thursday. You know that class. The one that has like a thousand people. Two TAs. And everybody looks me. Would you please sit in the seat that you were assigned? We would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Could you turn to page 52? We're going to talk about that today. Have you been in that class yet? You've got to go. I promise if you don't sign up for it, you won't get in the sophomore class that looks almost just like it. Just one of those things. Yes. Come, close. Don't be afraid to fail. And it's, it's all small stuff. It's not life or death, I promise. The suggestion was don't be afraid to fail. It's all small stuff. And how, what's your average age here? 18 and a half? 19. 19 and a half. Okay. We got a couple of 19. 
We have one that says they're 42. Praise you. Oh. The hearing goes first, people. The hearing goes first. I was going to say, you really look good for your age. So, did you hear that? Don't be afraid to fail. Yes. Be on time. I hate to tell you, if you're sharing the room with the roommate and you both want to wash your hair at 7.30 in the morning, it's not going to work. You know? Somebody said, no, you not to wash your hair. No, that's not the advice I'm giving, but time management is really the other piece. Is there anything else you'd like to share, seniors? Study enough, but not too much. Yeah, yeah. Study enough, but not too much. Well, as we go into this second session, and we're going to actually unpack the bag as we talked about last night, I'm going to give some highlights about what we did last evening. But I want to close this section of opening with a couple things for everybody. Whatever year you're in, whatever decisions you're making, God is with you all the time. No matter how challenging it may feel, He really is here. But what happens sometimes we don't call on Him until we really, 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 really think we need them. So my suggestion, because I've gone through a couple transitions. I've graduated a couple times from school. And really, there are opportunities for great things. But just like you had to say goodbye to some of your high school friends because they're not on the same plane or... You're just not doing some of the same things anymore. Every part of life has a transition. College students that are graduating, there's a world of opportunities waiting for you. But there's also a world of real life that's not as nurturing as the Wesley Foundation. You're not going to get up every day and know 22 people that you can walk and say, Hey! What's up? Some people are going to look at you like, why are you so happy this morning? <laughs> You've even encountered some of them on campus already. They, they don't belong to the Western Dom. They should pray for them. Um, but you say to yourself, is this all it is? Bills? And eight to five? The gym? Man, is this what I was waiting to get grown for? Oh, gosh. Let me go back to school. Some of us will tend to escape again. But today we're going to talk about transition, and we're going to talk about unpacking our bags and beginning to discover God's purpose for our lives. Transition out, transition in. One day you're going to be sitting in their seats and it's going to be time to leave school. Oh, this is bad. I don't want to go yet. But that's real. So I want you to think about those things. I'm not graduating anybody today. I have no power. I have no diplomas. I have no degrees. I don't even, you know, I don't have any fake internet degrees. I don't have any of that. So um, thanks for participating.
and I hope that uh, you will graduate in 2008. If not, then somewhere close by. Seven years for a BS degree is just a little long, but it does happen. Keep persevering. Your parents will tell you to get a full-time job, but you know, I mean, it happens. Those that are coming out in 2005, awesome. I hope you will have all the blessings that God wants for you in your career and the direction for your life. And those of you who are going forth into the ministry, much blessings to you. I'm glad you made your decision early in life and your track shoes don't seem to be as worn as mine, but oh well. God is good. Amen. Feel free to join your friends or if you want to stay on the front row. There's no hot seats here, but uh, thanks for doing that. From last night, did anyone have any particular questions that came up? Okay. You know, it's obviously I'm not a singer because I can't really figure out this boom mic thing. It just just blows my mind. I'm either very right-handed or super left-handed or something. But I'm, I'm, you know, I need mic training 101. I think this is how it goes. Does that work? All the singers, tell me how the boom mic works. You know, I didn't major in boom mic. Is this? Is that how it works? Okay. You know, some of us uh, have different skill sets, and then some of us, you know, just need to uh, practice a lot of stuff. And then other of us, we just really have to say, God, help us. And most of us should, but some of us don't. I'm going to figure this mic thing out. Musician, is that how it works? All right. Just seems so strange. I want to start this morning with our morning devotional, and then I'm going to go on and unpack our bag. And uh, if there's a timekeeper that's needed, give me the high sign from the back. Our morning devotional actually comes from... The Daily Light Journal Morning Reading. Today is February the 19th and it says, The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to you all liberally and without reproach and it will be given unto him. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than them also. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. That no flesh should glory in his presence. The interest of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. All bore wisdom to him and marveled at his gracious words. 
which proceeded out of his mouth. No man ever spoke like this man. Of him you are in Jesus Christ, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And the prayer says, let us begin to understand simply that true wisdom does not come from books, but it comes from knowing and believing and living within the bit, the real book. Amen. Yesterday, we had an interesting session. I felt as though coming off of the road, we really should have something that was fun, interactive. Did it work for you? Pretty much. If we were to look back at the passage which we studied last night or was implicated in our reading, we dealt with John 6. And we, the reader read 1 through 15. And the highlight of that was the fact that miracles occurred. As a matter of fact, 5,000 ate from the matter that it would take to probably feed, in normal situations, two or three of this row. Amen? And God just expanded that, and God supplied. But in the midst of that scripture lies a spiritual test. Jesus asked the disciples, what should he do? And the disciples said, well, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them will have a little to eat. That was a test from Jesus. He really wanted to see whether his disciples would believe that he would multiply and provide the needs of all who were present on the hill. And he did. Not only the disciples get convinced, but all who were present and accounted for got convinced too. So they passed the test and they confirmed the experience. And if you look at verse 14 in that passage, we realize that God provided everything. But today we're going to really focus this morning on the passage between 22 and 40. And it's the passage that teaches about I am the bread of life. Whoever has a Bible, I need a reader to read John 6, 22 through 25. Can I get someone to read 22 through 25 with your outside voice, please? Okay. And then the young lady over here that raised your hand, could you read 26 to 28? Then I need someone else to read 29 through 34. Do I have a volunteer? How about some guys? You know, no voice, no voice. Hey, there's one. Okay, and then I need someone to read 35 through 40. Another young man? You got that. Okay, somebody's reading 22 through 25. Please stand outside voice. Give us a loud one. Hey. I can't hear you. Lift it up, lift it up, stand up. 
Yes, please. Okay, on that group of passages, underline the sentence that says, Rabbi, when did you get here? And I also want you to underline the words that say, Seeking Jesus. Who has 26 through 28? Stand up. Give us a loud voice, say it. Underline the question, what shall we do that way we may work that we may work the works of God and the other one is do not labor for the food. Underline those two things. Who has twenty nine through thirty four? Underline, give us this bread. Who has 35 to 40? That whole paragraph is to be highlighted. If it's not highlighted in your Bible now, I would suggest that you go back and look at it because it says, I am the bread. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Last night, what did we declare this? That this was the bread. Technically, this is the bread box. And what I want to start with is the fact that as we dig into this passage and ask the question, what does it mean to me, I want to make one statement. We can't box Jesus in. Say that to your neighbor. Can't box Jesus in. Whatever I put in here, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is beyond what I can put in this box because we what? can't box Jesus in. Do you believe you can't box Jesus in? Some of you don't. And at 21, at 19, I thought I could box Jesus in. One of my famous things that happened when I was in 19 years old, you may say, that was a long time ago. We don't have to go back that far in the nation. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm double or more of 19 years old. But at 19, God has put a word in my heart. But I figured... I assumed 
Jesus was taking care of so many people that I didn't want to burden Jesus, okay? So I had this little thing and I said, Jesus, I'll take care of these things. I'm going to give you these. And I believed in I, that I was only going to give them what I called the stuff I really, 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 really couldn't handle. Little did I know I couldn't handle any of it. But at 19, I had this great belief that I had it going on. Going on. I was an A student most days. I had just moved into my first apartment. And then my parents said to me, uh, you have a house here that's paid for, so we won't be paying for you to live anywhere else. Any of you live in the city where you go to college? That's your home? Any moved? Right up the street? You know that feeling. Well, my dad had this understanding about college. He thought Philadelphia was really a great city, and his thing was, there's no need for me to pay out-of-state fees, out-of-city fees, up-the-street fees. And he told us that we could be a good ambassador in Philadelphia because we were only going to go to college in Philadelphia. I don't know any of you have been on the East Coast, but there's a lot of colleges right outside of Philly that are really great schools. And my dad said, you need to find a great one that's in the zip code that still says Philadelphia. You know what I mean? And what happened was, I decided, well, you know, I'm going to just pick the most expensive school since they decided they're going to pay for my education. And my dad said, do yourself a favor. Pick a school that has your major. Because when you get finished and you have your BS degree, you need to have a job. You need to work. And so I got this job, and I figured, well, you know, since I was working so hard, I might as well get an apartment because, you know, I didn't really want to live with the family anymore. I wanted the real college experience. And I had got a dorm room, and I had really four great roommates, and, and they came to us and said, there's a lot of students that are coming in from outside of the country. And if you live in Philadelphia, you will need to move back home. I was like, I just got out the door. I just had a piece of freedom. Please don't make me go back to my parents' home. I would only visit on Sundays because it was great food. I was required to go to church every Sunday, regardless of where I had parties Saturday night, but I was required to be at church. And I went because that was a condition of paying my tuition. Do you have, anybody have any conditional parents? If you do these five things, we'll do these other 22. Any, anybody have those? You don't, you don't have to raise your hand high. I won't tell them that you said it. But I had conditional parents, and they said, in order for us to pay tuition, these are the things. So my question is, did you hear the, the senior say you have to be accountable? Did, did y'all hear that? You have to be accountable? So part of your Christian journey is you have to understand you have to be accountable. And my accountability to my parents at that point was, that I would walk out my faith journey, still go to church, and live in my own apartment, pay my own bills, and never call them and say, excuse me, my rent is due. I could ask them for anything. They could give me food, clothing, and they were willing to give me shelter at the house I grew up in, but they weren't willing, willing to give me shelter at other places. So I had to get up what? 
job. Can anybody spell job? J-O-B. So even on your Christian journey, you need to know you have to be able to be employable. Get a job. I know it's a foreign thing, foreign concept. Not work study. Not four ninety five, nine ninety five, or two ninety five at um, Walmart or Kmart or any of the burger joints or anything. I mean, a real job. I had to get one of those. And so when I got one and I was working, my parents said, "You need to go to church every Sunday." And this is the church you'll go to. And I was like, well, I want to I wanna do campus ministry. I want to look at other things. I want to visit other people. My mother said, visit on another day. This is your spiritual house, and this is where you grow up, and this is where you will go to church. And I was like, can't I just break out of this church? My mother said, mm-mm. This is where you need to go. So not only is there accountability, but at this point in your life there's some choices. I don't want you to raise your hand on how many times you worship during the week, or how many times you pray to God, or how many mornings you get up and don't do devotion. I don't want to know that, because that's not my business. But I ask you this. If the bread of life is alive for you, what radio station do you listen to? Do you listen to WISM? Do you ask the question, what's in it for me? If you look at that passage closely, when Jesus answered the first question, he said, y'all ate the bread because y'all wanted the bread. You didn't necessarily come to see me or come to experience Jesus Christ. You wanted the what? The real bread. It's okay to be hungry. It's okay to need Jesus Christ to be a providing kind of God. But after your basic needs are met, and you stop listening to WISN because you think Jesus Christ is going to do all these things just for you, you begin to start your spiritual journey. So that's where we're going to start today. I'm packing our bags, looking at our spiritual journey, seeing where we really are, and getting rid of. Can I get a Vanna White and a Vincent White? And y'all will end up being the inspectors at the airport. I need a Vanna and a Vincent. Vanna, where's Vincent? Come on down, Vincent and Vanna, come on. Woo! You can come. You know, the airport has a couple inspectors, so come on down. You will be the inspector when I come through the little digital radar thing, you know, the bag goes through the thing. You're the first inspector. Okay. I'm coming through the door. I'm beeping. I'm beeping. What do I have to do if I'm at the airport first? Take off my shoes. Why do we have to take off our shoes? Why do we have to take off our earrings? Because they make the alarm go off. Oh, man, I take my shoes off. Okay. I took off my shoes on this spiritual journey. I'm just going along. I don't have any shoes on because I took my shoes off because they were what? Buzzing. They were alarming. So, first thing I say to you, what happens on your spiritual journey when things alarm? What happens when the alarm clock goes off in your room in the morning? It shocks you. It gets your attention. You say, oh my God. I just went to bed. You want me to get up? What is that noise in here? And then you hit the snooze alarm. 
It woke you up and then you hit the snooze alarm. How many of y'all get up on the first buzz? Come on. Y'all lying. No. I'm so proud of you. Y'all are amazingly disciplined people. How many are two buzzers? Oh, we okay, we got a couple two buzzers. And then we have some that are what we call the 15-minute pause group. I've got to get myself together before I get up. Those are the ones that pray in the bed face down. In the name of Jesus, I'm trying to get up after this bed. I know the buzzer went on, but if you could just give me 15 more minutes in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I'll get up in a minute. I promise I'll have breakfast in the morning. I do all the things they told me to do in school. Just give me 15 more minutes in the name of Jesus. Ain't got out of bed yet. So when buzzes go off in your life, they're there to wake you up. They're there to get your attention. When Jesus said the first time, hey, y'all are only here because y'all want to eat. I have to believe they got somebody's attention on the hill. Because someone said, no, I came because of the miracles you do, Jesus. I came because you're so great. And he said, no, you came this time because you're hungry. All right, well, I got through the first buzzer. Now I'm at the gate. I'm going to get on the plane, on the journey. Where are we going? Oh, she said, I'm going to California. Tell me what I'm going to do in California. I'm going to Disneyland. Hey! I'm on my spiritual journey, and I've just been awarded a great trip to Disney World, and I'm at the gate. And you know, I can only carry so many bags. Because what? There's a limitation of how many I can carry. Have any of you seen that commercial where the guy puts all his clothes on, trying to get on the... I don't want my bags to get lost. He has everything on his body. So just consider these are all my clothes right here sitting on my head. I know it's a strange look, but consider these to be all my clothes. But these are my things because remember yesterday we said this bag represents our life. So here's on the conveyor belt. Woo-hoo. Moving along. Woo-hoo. They don't inspect the bread. They let the bread go through. Amen. So we don't have to worry about the bread being inspected. They said, that passes. But they get me here on the counter. They turn my suitcase around. They opened up all the pockets. And then they unzipped me. Inspector, what do you see? I'm going to the beach. What is wrong with a towel? It's upside down. (laughs) Inspector, uh, part of my life is I really love the beach. So I have to have this. I I can't leave it. And surely this can't be making the alarm go off. Is this what's making the alarm go off? No. No? Wow. Well, you know, Jesus said he would take me to the water. And as a disciple, I was looking for Jesus. And believe it or not, Jesus had already crossed the water and was on the other side. So the first point is, Jesus is everywhere. 
as a disciple in the scripture, they were looking for Jesus over here, over there, and everywhere. But Jesus had already crossed the water. He had already experienced this. And he was waiting on the other side of the land. So surely this can't be what's making my suitcase be. No? Okay. Inspector? Well, this represents who we used to be. We thought we were strong. Remember a basketball? If you had a bounce a basketball, it needs to be pumped up. It needs to be able to make that hoop. But somebody catch this. What is that basketball like? It's not real. It's not bouncing. It's not buoyant. What is it? Send it back to somebody else and tell them, well, wait, what's with this basketball? What's with that? It's plush. <laughs> it's cushy. It's pliable. This is where we move on the journey. We become more flexible. We're not so tight. Everything don't have to be our way. We can be a little formed. Jesus formed us in our mother's wounds. We don't have to be, everything has to be my way all the time. Hey, hey. We can be flexible. Surely, inspectors, this can't be what's making the alarm go off. No? Coffee beans. Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee beans. Oh, Jesus. You said I could have the best. But guess what? This could potentially be making the alarm go off. Because here is just a mm, whiff of Jamaican Blue Mountain. But inside, it's simply something that it's not. It's just beads. Just beads. We're one way, but inside it's just simply beads. There's not any coffee. You won't be able to sit by the fire, experience what God has, because this is a faith situation. And that's what Jesus talks about when the alarm goes off. Do you believe that I am the bread? Or are you walking around presenting yourself as Jamaican Blue Mountain Coffee? And really, you're just a bunch of beads. Faking, shaking, and making noise. This won't brew not one pot of coffee. And it'll have a hard time blessing somebody if you have presented this situation and you gave them beans. Now, it's one thing to say, we're at Mardi Gras, and I'm going to give you some beans, then this is real. But if I say to you, how about a Jamaican Blue Mountain Day? Let's go up to the top of the hill. Talk about Jesus. Drink a cup of coffee. And I tell myself, will you be happy? You'll be disappointed. Your nation was faking. Telling me she was going to give me some coffee. Telling me that she was going to make everything be all right. 
So, forgive us, Lord, for presenting something we're really not. So I have to say maybe this was the alarm. Anything else in here? Oh, Lord, you know, this is our really, really secret stuff, so we don't want to look at that right now. Is that all right? It's not all right because Jesus said, we got to look at it right now? Well, I, I'd rather you look at these boots. Is that okay? Because this is my personal thing, Jesus. And, um, I, but, but how about the, aren't these really great boots? I think since you had me take my, my shoes off, how, I mean, this I can really get through the water. You know, surely I can get to the other side, Jesus. I can meet you there in these boots. Oh, no, 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 but see, this was all in one bag, and, and you see, this is, um, this, is, this is the body, and, you know, you just look at this part. Mm. Did you hear that? It's just a matter of national security. They've got to go on. And all of that stuff. You see, um, this is this is this is my most innermost things, Lord. And um, I, I really don't want that exposed. The Wesley Foundation people. I, 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 if you need me to just carry it on, since I'm carrying it on, then it wasn't really in this bag. How about that, Jesus, uh, Inspector? I can't go to California. Some of you won't be able to go to Disney World on your spiritual journey because you don't want Jesus to look at the inside treasures. And this is where most of us spend from 21 to until it really, really hurts. We carry this bag from station to station. We pick up a few fake beads. We are internally in Mardi Gras spirit, dropping them from place to place. And somebody says, well, what about that bag? Oh, no, no, no. That's mine. You can't touch that. And then we go back and we say, well, why don't I just read another scripture? And we say, well, Jesus, um, you asked the question, and basically, we asked you, what shall we do? And you said, well, this is the work of God and you must believe it. So your faith must be challenged. And you must pass a few tests. And the inspection must be done. But we say, wait, 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 Jesus. You said that you were the bread. And, and since you're the bread of life, if I just keep carrying this... Surely, you won't bother with my bag. But we all know, guess what? At some point, even carrying the bag, the bread, our most personal bag, must be inspected. Well, I want to go to California. On my spiritual journey, I yield. And they're like, yes, let's get in the bag. Let's really see what's in there. I mean, they're just taking it apart. 
I mean, you know, everybody needs another set of sassy earrings. A telephone number just in, you know, pen just in case I run across somebody I need to get a phone number. Telephone. I got to have a fake cell somewhere so if, if somebody, they call me. I mean, I just got to have it. You don't check the call ID because you might catch part of my conversation with people who don't really believe in, and I didn't convince them that they should believe in God. I just kind of said, hey, you know, if you like it like that, you like it, I love it, hey. You, you might catch that on the call ID, but don't, don't push the buttons on here, okay? Don't, don't push the buttons. And, and you see, these are my favorite earrings because when I used to hang out in the club, you know, but I, I, don't, I don't wear them anymore. I just kind of keep them for a memory's sake, okay? Okay? Well, I, I, this is such a good book, 30 Days with Jesus, because, see, this was my first commitment, you know? And Jesus, I said, you know, we'll, 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 we will pray together 30 days, and after 30 days, you know, I'll be healed. And then I can just go on my merry way. But if you notice, the book is blank. All it has is the words and the scriptures because my 30 days only lasted two and a half. You didn't have to pull this one out. I mean, I was going to work on this later. I started talking with a few friends and chit-chatted with a couple people, went to the cast, hung out. You know, I'm going to get with you, Jesus. We're going to make an appointment. I'm, I'm there. We're there. You didn't have to go in this bag. And, and this was for my Cinderella moment. I was waiting for my prince. So it's my silver shoe, my little slipper. You know, you're waiting for the date of the date of the date. You know, you two guys that got the broken heart last night. That's just what this is. I mean, you didn't have to go there. I forgave him and everything. Broken my heart. Know who he thought he was, but you'd have to go there. I mean, you could you could have left this in the bag, Inspector, because see, I forgave him and I'm over this. You get him in the light, so why we got to dig this up? It's still in the bag, and that's what's important. Because in our bags of life, we keep carrying this stuff, even though we say we forgave, even though we said we let it go. We got the memorabilia to match with it. Just holding on. See her, you know, see her and see him and her walking down the campus with their new girlfriend and boyfriend. We said, You don't got my shoe. Do me like that. Okay, well, I mean, see, she's digging and everything. Well, you know, you know, when you go to Mardi Gras and you got the little, you know, the little party, yeah. Because sometimes we just don't want to walk the way God say walk. We want to have our own way to do this thing. And we want Jesus to put the stamp on it. I got my handkerchief. You said I could praise you whatever way I wanted to praise you. Can we just be happy? Can we just all get along? Okay, well, you know. 
don't particularly want to go to the Wesley Foundation meeting because they don't play my music. Can we all get along? You'd have to bring out the white handkerchief. You don't have to do that. We serve one risen Savior. We love the same Jesus. But I mean, come on. I like to sit on that side of the room, and they like to sit on that side. I don't like salsa music. I don't want to do that. And, you know, we only want to sing the hymns. But we're united. We're one. So this handkerchief represents all our thoughts of separation. I'm better than they are. They don't know what I've been through. <sighs> this is all of our stuff. In this one little handkerchief that we think about in the middle of the night when ain't nobody watching. This is all our awkward moments when we think we've been cheated because this one got something that you thought you should have got and they voted for them and you say, it's a popularity contest. That's what all of this is. But you didn't have to go in there. Well, a few other things. And these are our memories. These are all our little awards when we write everything down that says, if I never win another one, I was queen of the day in the third grade. <laughs> or I was the top speller or the super scientist at the award ceremony in the seventh grade. There's more that God wants you to achieve. But if this is the only thing you can remember achieving, it's good to acknowledge it, but that's not all God has called you to be. He's called us for new things, new mercies each and every day, but we just hung up on the yesterday. Amen. Oh, I was once skinny, and if I don't do... I'm not cute anymore because I was once skinny. We get hung up on yesterday. Amen. Instead of living for today, we only have ourselves pictured by this old picture on the wall. You know the picture that you thought you were really, really short in ninth grade at the dance? Some of y'all, that's the only picture you have of yourself. This is to say there's new achievements, new accomplishments to come, but we're worried about who we used to be. And we cannot accept the person that God is calling us to be because we won't unpack our bags. And this represents the little mask, the voice inside of the voice, the one where God says, step out on faith. Be who I've called you to be. And you say, oh, but I can't. I really love it here right now. I don't really want. It's such a challenge to transition from point A to point B. This represents the comfort zone girls and guys. The ones that say, well, it's really, really, really not that bad. And surely you don't want me to stretch Jesus because I'm already perfected. This is a mask. You've seen these before, and some of you get up and put one on every day. And it sounds a little something like this house, and fine, just fine. 
fine. Everything's fine. Fine stands for foolishly insisting nothing else. You don't want anybody to talk to you. You don't want anybody to see you crying. You don't want anybody to fear you're hurting your pain. You just say, oh, everything's perfect. I'm fine. How's school fine? How's your boyfriend fine? How's your girlfriend? Oh, how's mom and dad? Oh, oh, couldn't be better. Blessed and highly favored. I'm just fine. We don't come clean. We don't unpack our bags. Then we have what is called chore wars. We fight in ourselves. We fight with our roommates. We don't want to be accountable. We need dirty dishes. We throw stuff off the edge of the bed and claim it wasn't us. We talk about each other. We cut each other down. And then we say, but I'm a Christian. Let your yeses be yeses. Let the love of God come forth. Let you speak into each other words of encouragement. You'll be a great person because you're great now. You are a blessing to your campus because your gifts are so awesome. Take the risk to become who you are today. Stop all the wars internally and externally. If I went around this room and we all cut our hands and let one drop bleed down, we would all bleed red. Yes, we should respect the differences. Yes, we should embrace what our special things are. But we're not eternally unique because God, yes, made us fearfully and wonderfully made. You're special, you're special, you're special. But all of us are special in God's sight. And not to use the words of Rodney. But can we all get along? Every part of life should not be a segregated, separate situation based on classism, racism, sexism, or any of these things. You have a special opportunity in this 21st century to cross and cancel all the lines. And you say, but I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. Jesus is not calling you to do it by yourself. Because he's already crossed the water. When the disciples were looking for him, he had already crossed the water. He is the bread. And he is our life. Will we receive him? Take him into our soul. Let him nourish our hearts. Give us the wherewithal, the courage, and the strength to forgive that person who hurt you in the fourth grade. You carry them in your suitcase. They like on your back. Oh, oh, oh. You just heavy laden with it. But God gives us each and every day to get free. We take communion every first Sunday. And sometimes before we can get out of the building, we forget what we just remembered. That Jesus died for us. He gave his life that we may have life. He allowed and put forth grace beyond our wildest imagination for you and for me. None of us got left out of the equation, but we hold it the stuff in our bag, just carrying 
Do we want to be free? Do you want your bags to be empty? Do you want God to fill you up? Do you want to look at it and say, I just got a few more things. I got empty cards and, and little books and notations that give me encouragement. Because even in your bag that you carry your most raggedy stuff, there's special moments that make you remember when you first met Jesus. Will you empty your bags? Over the course of these next two days, this day and a half. And so when you get to the airport, it looks like this. Empty. Waiting to be filled with all that life has for you today. It takes risk to get empty for Jesus. It takes what it takes to get honest. But I hope during your sessions, you'll take the moment. Go to the river and reflect. See what God has for your life. But don't spend the rest of your life living under the auspice of Blue Mountain Coffee. And you're simply a bunch of beads. Sit, sitting right here before me represents the multitude that God expects to feed today. We have enough bread. We have all the loaves. There's miracles waiting to happen. But you still have to make a choice. Will you believe? Will you accept? Will you take the risk to go across the aisle and introduce yourself to somebody? Or will you stand here saying, until they come over here and speak to me, I ain't going to say nothing? Or are you only in your little school classes, all segregated by nice little whatevers? Doesn't know my pain. They don't know what I'm dealing with. Or will you say, we're all on the same ship, trying to journey through this life, to live the best we can live today, and grab hold to the joy of the Lord. So I say to you this morning, where are you going? What kind of journey are you traveling? What are you carrying? And what are you willing to do? to get your bag empty. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, lover, creator, awesome wonder, comforter, daddy, mama, the names are endless. You've touched our hearts. You even got personal. But we love you enough to say, Lord, forgive us. We love you enough to say, reveal to us the true meaning of this journey. We accept our confusion, but we want your grace. 
we see the challenges in our lives, but we say, Lord, straighten them out. We yield to Jesus Christ. We submit to your will. But most importantly, God, we heard that you are our bread. And we accept that. I ask that the joy of the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the presence of your high and most gracious favor be extended over this place this day. Let us become who you're calling us to be. Let us begin this journey with yet one first step. Let us leave this place changed forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.